Welcome back to the Come Out Heavy podcast. I uh, hope everyone had a safe and wonderful holiday. I'm here with Dev and my partner. Hey, Dev. Hey, bud. How's it going? Yeah, hi, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Um, we're excited to get going on 2021 now, and we got some good episodes planned out. And, and Kurt's going to fill you in on our uh, first guest that we're excited to have on the, the podcast. Yeah, so since we started, uh, we're trying to get our buddy on here, lives in the same town that we grew up in and started a pretty amazing hunting career and a pretty amazing hunting store. Um, his name's Omer Herbenick from Precision Optics, located in Quinell, BC. And yeah, he's got some great stories, some really good insight. We're pretty excited to have him on. Uh, we've been trying to get him on for a while now. It's just... He's super busy and getting everyone's schedule to line up, but it happened over Christmas break here, and yeah, it's a it's a good listen. He's got a lot of insight on some gear, um, some do's and don'ts that he learned in the mountain from, you know, being an onset hunter, and yeah, it's a pretty good listen, eh, Dev? Yeah, it's uh, if you don't know who Omer is, he's in with a lot of conservation efforts in BC too, so he has a lot of good knowledge with wild sheep society stuff and just in general his thoughts towards hunting conservation and, and just I don't know like his whole mentality towards hunting I really enjoy just chatting with him about those kind of thoughts and how he processes everything so yeah it's been great to have him on and we're hoping to to keep that going in, in future podcasts and it's just it was a real good time it was fun to get a a bullshit session in with a guest and this is new to us so we're working towards getting better with our audio quality when it comes to these big interviews so uh, we had a few microphone issues on this one so just bear with us we're working through those bugs but it's still a good listen nonetheless yeah yeah we had uh the issue with the audio was one mic was quite quiet and the other one was quite loud so um yeah, we're still, I'm not a techie guy and neither is Devin so much on the editing part. So it's, we're learning basically episode by episode on how to make things better and sound better. So just bear with us and yeah, give it a listen to it's It's a pretty good interview. It's, it's good. It's going to be one of many. He, he's going to come back on and do a bunch of uh, gear reviews, all kinds of stuff, you know. He's got lots of knowledge in that stuff. He sells all kinds of guns and optics and, you know, he's got pretty good experience when it comes to mountain hunting and, you know, the shit that he's done. It's pretty cool. So yeah. with, uh, without ado, we'll, uh, send it over to Omer Herbenick. Enjoy. All right. 
Welcome, Omer, to the Komodevi podcast. We, Kurt and I, have been really excited about this interview. Been talking about it for a few weeks now, and I know you sound like you've been a little bit excited to get a little chin wagon with the gas off. Fucking right. uh, Yeah, you bet. How are you doing? Oh, good. Same as always. I'm actually not in the office because the fucking camera didn't work there. So I'm actually at home. (laughs) Normally, you you know where to find me. But yeah. uh, this, is more co- this is more comfortable, actually. The phone won't ring every five fucking seconds. <laughs> no doubt, yeah. And then you might not catch... Then, then you won't catch me fucking yelling at people, Answer the fucking phone! Like... <laughs> it's I got the three... The three ring rule. Fucking answer by the third ring, or... Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't talk I that even... way. You know me. I'm not that way at work at all. I'm fuck. You know, I'm, 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 I think I'm a, a pretty decent boss, but the fucking phone does get on my nerves. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't even bother calling you. I just send you a text, and I'm like, he'll respond when he's got time. In about an hour, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right on. Uh, this yeah. is good. This good. is cool. Good. So, uh, so how you doing, man? Uh, yeah. Like Kevin said, it's good to finally get you on. And um, our families, we go way back. Uh, I don't know exactly totally, how. Well, how I can tell started. you. I'll tell but, you. Yeah. I'll fucking tell you. I mean, um, so my, my folks, they came here in like 66. Uh, my dad came from Bosnia. I landed in Montreal and met my mom in a restaurant. And then they moved out here because this is where you went to make money. And two of the first people that they met were your grandma and grandpa, Albert and Denise. And uh, I got to be careful with all this because it's pretty it's touchy stuff for all of us. But um, yeah, your, your grandpa, your grandpa, Albert... There are very few people on the planet that my dad has as much respect for as him. I mean, everybody does, but my dad's a pretty gruff son of a son of a gun, and he just reveres your grandpa and and you know Denise. I remember just being a little a little sprat pulling into the farm with my mom in the Vega, and um, <laughs> your grandma was there, and we we're getting like like fresh eggs and milk and cream and butter, and like those are my early memories and your grandma was so nice to my mom like she taught her like a lot of stuff about living out here you know so yeah it, it's pretty intermingled um and then um like i spent quite a bit of time on the farm there because uh, me and darren are the same age your cousin darren uh yeah. we went to school together and hung out and like his dad and my dad are both from bosnia so there's all that familiarity and i remember um I was trying to throw fucking, like throw bales up on the back of a trailer. And your uncle Dougie was like whipping them, you know, one arm after another, after another. So, yeah, I mean, it it goes back a long ways. And, um, I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, Kurt, nice to fucking see ya. Like, you know, you're in the store, (laughs) dolls in the store, like every day type stuff. You know, I'm yeah. like connected to the hip with your brother-in-law, like your sister. I see you all the time. You know, um, your your aunts and uncles. Like, it's just like it's a tight community, and like you know, we're there, there's just been a lot of associations with with the families for for a very long time. So this is super cool, really, to kind of close the yeah. loop. You know, no, for sure. It's as long as I can remember. I remember going just a little kid and going to the store with my mom yeah. and dad and you know seeing seeing rita at the till okay. there and you know always the nicest lady ever like yeah. and then old serge he'd roll into the farm and him and grandpa would start talking 
yeah, it's it's kind of neat how how the generations that it's still just as close as it was way back. Yeah, then, there's not right? enough of that. It's pretty know? cool. Like, no, not not really anymore. Anyways, so yeah, so basically, we've wanted to get Omer on for a long time. Kind of since we started, I talked to him right away, and it's just more or less getting everyone's schedules yeah. to line up and. Probably between Christmas and New Year's wasn't the best because everybody's busy yeah. with shit. But you know, we, we made it work. So yeah. So what I know, like knowing you growing up, I didn't know you're really into hunting. You know, you I got into bow hunting kind of the same yeah. time you did, and you know, we were running around, guys not yeah. knowing what we we're doing, flinging arrows and shit. So you know, what's what kind of got you into that because. I hunted my whole life, so yeah. did Devin, and I kind of got into bow hunting, I think, when I was around 20, basically to get them extra 20 days yeah. of the season, and what what you started with bow hunting, yeah. as far as I, like, really, really started hunting. Yeah, right? I, was, so, I was, like, someone yeah, called me a late-onset hunter. I mean, I grew up around hunters, um, like my dad and all of his buddies, yeah. like, they were, they were hunters, that's what they did, uh, hunt, hunting and fishing. Um, I didn't latch on, um, you know, I, I've kind of gone on this story, like I, I had some pretty negative uh, experiences and they weren't negative because of like anybody or anything, it's just the way it happened. The first fucking gun that I shot at like nine was a 300 Weatherby, that was like, yep, I don't like that, <laughs> right? Like, fuck that. Yeah. I mean, you know what, like, so, I mean, those guys didn't know shit back then. Like when I think about, you know, it's a classic no. 70s upbringing, right? Like, fucking daycare was like, put him in the vehicle, we'll go in the bar for a while, just leave the fucking heater on, right? That was okay, right? Yeah. Smoking section was like sitting yeah. over here versus being right there. So it was like 70s upbringing, and they all thought it was funny to have their kids shoot these big cannons. And I shot this uh, 300 Weatherby, and it was me and another kid named Richard Carl. Our dads both had us shoot him, and it was just like fucking pretty predictable outcome like fucking what the fuck was that right had a big bruise on my shoulder and i was like i don't give a shit for this right so i latched on but it, was, yeah. it wasn't until i came back and actually uh i think it was 2004 and i was hanging out with spencer quite a bit and we were up to no good and at one point spencer was like hey do you own a fucking bow i'm like a bow what the fuck are you talking about he's like a bow and arrow fuckhead and i'm like <laughs> That's pretty much how he talks. And I'm like, I'm like, Bo, no, I don't, I don't, I've never shot a bow. He's like, well, what kind of fucking useless human being are you? And I was just like, I didn't you know, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, let's go see Murr. And I never met Murray Arno. Yeah. So boom, you know, we, we whipped out to Murray's and you could do a whole episode or two on Murray alone. I mean, the guy's, he's a total, yeah, yeah he's, he's a total a local legend, right? <laughs> thing you know yeah. him and i bought matching fucking botex i think they were uh, 82nd airborns and um yeah. i just caught fire with that i fucking we were shooting them every day um and i just yeah. i i like literally caught a disease uh just shooting archery and then um, that quickly led to terrorizing black bears um but i mean i, I learned how to well really it was it was just shooting then it was 3D, then it was like, well, I should try to probably apply this to a real animal, and black bears were the natural target, and um, and then after that, it was just a free fall, and now here we are, right? Uh, there were like myriad of steps yeah. through it, but I guess I could thank old Spencer for uh, 
for bullying me into uh, buying a bow. Yeah. 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 That's that's how I got into. I bought his old bow, right. and eventually I bought your right. old yeah. bow too. So. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, small no but Dev, what about you? You uh, got into bow hunting yeah, late too. Very similar. Like Kurt said, we both grew up hunting with <coughs> rifles and only knew about you know rifle hunting, and none of our family archery hunted. And I'm addicted to it now. I think I'm the same way. You get hooked on that archery. It's like yeah. exercise. It's fun to fling arrows. It's shit you to lose them, but because they <laughs> fucking hurt the wallet. But it's fun yeah. to fling them. And yeah, I've been. I want to get into the 3D and that kind of thing. Hopefully, when COVID settles down start doing those events they seem like a good time there's a few of those events that are going on around here oh i um, i totally enjoyed it i mean that's what got yeah. me really addicted was just placing the arrow and like judging the distance and mm -hmm. and it's through murray that i met kinger yeah right um yeah, yeah that's oh, really? I, uh, he was like because i started uh i was getting bored of 3d right i was like okay fuck you know i, I was mm -hmm. placing okay in the tournaments that i went to and and so then i, I wanted to hunt um uh, bear and then uh yeah i was hanging out at murray's a lot and he's like well you, you should meet my uh you know my nephew and so i met jeff and then we just kind of hit the ground running and him and i wanted to um hunt sheep we just started talking about it i mean before that i caught the goat goat itch and um but mm -hmm. so it kind of co-terminated it came together and him and i were practicing together and just like egging each other on and you know not to jump places jeff was not the first sheep hunt i went on with but um you know jeff and i decided to go to Todigan and had just a fucking riot yeah. there i mean i wish we had gopros for those those two um double headers we had up there because they were like it was just so surreal i mean you've been up there right well, I was on the other yeah, side of the highway, but no, yeah, I mean, no, I haven't. No, I mean, it's it's. Kind of, sorry, go ahead. So, oh, I was just gonna ask when uh, when you and Jeff double did you get two double headers or one? Because Garrick and I were up there when you guys got the double header the one time, year. and we ended up. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah, and then. So, uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, and then and then Jeff fucked everything up by getting his wife pregnant again and uh <laughs> and then and then um he decided to change careers so took a bit of a hiatus but actually you know to to be more steeped in the gas off clan my very first sheep hunt was with garrick um the very first That's like right. actual true sheep hunt we did was on Todigan and it was together and that was kind of funny because like jeff and i had been planning to go but Jeff couldn't, and we were at Kinger's, um, I think you were, yeah, you were there, at his, uh, his stag. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That would it, um. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Like, and so, uh, yeah, that's, you yeah. were at another cabin, and you'd, like, fucking, like, for, uh, bushwhacked through bushwhacked. him, and at night, you showed up, you were kind of, like, a little bit soaking wet or something, I was just like, holy fuck, like, I didn't really know you then. Uh, and we were all getting, you know, pretty hosed. <laughs> and, well, I knew, I knew you by reputation. Yeah. Say that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I used to, used to slap him back pretty, pretty hard back on the day. Garrick was like, I didn't know Garrick from, you know, from Job, and he was just, he was hammered, 
and it was like literally i liken it to like you're hammered in a drunk and, and you know in the bar and you just kind of wander up to some girl and you're like hey, hey hey he just walked up and he's like you want to go sheep hunting and i was just like fucking rights i guess so right so we planned it like from then on we planned it and we did it and i mean that's a whole that could be a whole separate yeah. fucking show that that hunt him and i talk about it constantly do you think you can get that big guy on here Hey, we break him out of his shell. I don't know. He's a little reluctant, eh? Like, yeah. he's a man of few words. Um, yeah, well, the words count, though. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I brought him up on oh, another yeah. podcast, and he was just like, you fucker, right? But, I mean, you, you can only say good things about the guy. Like, he's just, he's uh, on point with everything. Um, you know. We might have to get, yeah. the, we might yeah. have to get the beers flowing and do a, an actual live chat when I come up to Quinnell. That might break him out of his You got to get him day drunk. You got to start early. There's yeah. a lot of mass there. Yeah. It takes quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's got really good observations. I mean, we had yeah. a really cool hunt together there. So, I mean, just kind of jumping all over the place. Like, it was cool to have, like, the very first hunt with him, which really, if we knew what we were doing, we should have had Rams on that hunt. Uh, and then, you know, had, um, I, w I was beside him when he got his first Ram, which was so cool. And then just to like, I mean, it took a fucking mm -hmm. while, but um, for him to get that ram this year, which was, you know, and then him and I work together so closely on all the stuff that we do, you know, and just talk about it. So, yeah, it's kind of neat. But yeah, getting him on a podcast, I don't know, we'll have to work on that. Maybe he doesn't, maybe somehow he doesn't know he's on it. Oh, hey? God. <laughs> yeah, you guys, that's fine for me. I'll stay in the yeah. You don't want to get him mad. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you kind of alluded to starting late onset hunting. Yeah. I get the impression that you dove right into mountain hunting and sheep hunting and bow hunting as your first yeah. experiences. Is that true? Yeah. Is that a true yeah. statement? Yeah. So, I mean, I basically picked up a bow in 2004 and then... Um, killed my first uh, mountain animal in 2009 um so it took me a little while to get there but i'm telling you like no exaggeration um like i've been talking about sheep hunting i was curious about it but i walked into uh frank's to get something and the regs were there it was like the i believe it was a 2008 2009 or 2007 2008 one of that one there's this giant nanny on the cover late season nanny and i was just like i i remember i can fucking totally remember there's that stand where the glass till is in the back there where they have the regs and it was like literally yeah like time froze it was just like you know the love of your life you're like i was like what the fuck is that i was so blown away <laughs> by it i just kind of grabbed it and went home and just started researching these like mountain goats and started asking people about it and like literally everyone was just like mountain goat <laughs> okay like and then i wanted to do it with my bow and um it was uh yeah. murray that told me about uh i can't even remember his name right now uh, a guy in town here that had gone to uh, mount seaton blunt mountain and tried to get one because it's an archery zone and i was just obsessed like that's all I could think about, man. I did my work. I wasn't selling none of this stuff at that time. Just kind of getting my toe into it. And I was just obsessed. 
Like yeah. I remember printing off, we didn't have a lot of the shit we have now, printing off every single topo map. And it was like a maze just going on the old deactivated logging roads to get to that mountain. But um, once I did that, you know, like you set out on some stuff, you're like, fuck, once I do this, you know, that's it, right? Then I've done that. That was like tip of the iceberg. Just the experience I had that three days chasing that Billy, all the, the, I made so many colossal blunders on that hunt. It's a miracle, not, you know, not to exaggerate that I'm here, but like, I fucking, classic, right? I spot the goat way down low. I'm like, oh fuck, wow. It was just a lone Billy, just one Billy on this huge mountain. And I'm looking for other goats. I couldn't find nothing. I'm like, that's got to be a good goat. Like, he has to be. I had a Swarovski at the time, which I'll, that kind of will, you know, full circle into how I got into this shit. But um, I'm like, holy yeah. <laughs> man, like, this is what I want, right? And I mean, all the pictures are still on Facebook, actually, from that hunt. So anyway, it culminates in me figuring out how to get on the mountain, got on the shoulder of the mountain, got in position. I'm kind of glassing him, like, on the hillside mountainside and i'm just like and he was like i don't know 13 1400 yards away at that time and me in my dumb head i'm like okay fucking a time to stalk take my pack off left it behind a bit of a bush i'm like you know that bush i'm like okay yeah fucking right so i fuck off for a bit and i'm like all i had was my bow and my rangefinder and it was like, this was like mid-September, so it was pretty hot. And I'd gone, I don't know, a couple hundred yards. And I'm like, okay, I should grab some water. Which actually I forgot to do. But I turn around and like, you know you have those holy fuck moments in your life? I was like, holy fuck, where's my pack? That bush, that bush, that bush, that bush? <laughs> I felt it was unbelievable. So I spent the remainder of that day literally going from bush to bush to bush to bush looking for my fucking footsteps i'm not kidding and i found my fucking pack right <laughs> <coughs> that trip was just full of that shit i didn't have i didn't have much for water I remember eating snow i was eating snow up there i got so cramped up wow. at one point because I was doing, so it took, you know, I was learning how to do stocks up there. And, you know, heaven forbid this, this fucking old Billy. Like, I, I had a couple cracks at him, but he didn't screw off. He stuck around. But I remember one time I was so cramped in my legs that I was just, I laid down on like a mossy patch. And it was pretty steep still. And I fucking passed out. And I'll never forget this. You ever had those dreams? <laughs> Like kind of like a nightmare where you wake up and you're way up high. Okay, try try that when yeah. you are way up high. I fucking I woke up. I was like, oh, oh fuck, oh, oh, oh fuck. Like I'm up here. What the fuck? What am I gonna do? Right? It was like it was so full of that. But um, you know, when you come out of something and and they're like, there's like a taste of success. Um, it leaves a positive. And then, of course, the best part of it was I got to come to town and just go like, fuck you, 
to the people, like including yeah. my dad, <laughs> who were just like, you know, forget that. You'll never do that. I was like, okay. And, yeah. you know, yeah. so not to sound cocky about it, but back then I was like, fuck, you know, I, I love doing this and I kind of got it figured out. So, well, so I thought at the time I didn't know shit. Right. So that, that kind of, that whole hunt depicts who Omer is basically in a nutshell. So your first basic mountain hunt, you chose to do bow hunt, mountain goat solo. Were you on I was by myself. Yeah. Most would go with me. I tried, and they were like, "What? No." <laughs> but I mean, that kind of leads right into like I think like how you, you know, been successful with the food store. You're running that business, and then you you take on a solo mountain goat hunt as like your first thing, and then to top it off, you go archery. Like I've been goat hunting down here for years. Now I did one this year with a buddy, and we took us. You know, three, four weekends of hard hunting with rifles to finally get it done. So it really, you know, shows the the pedigree that that you are and what you do with business. And well, I appreciate that, that, but I just I'm not balanced. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a balanced human being. Okay, <laughs> I'm like I'm like zero or 150 percent. Like I just, but it's easy to do that when you fucking fall in love with something, right? Yeah. It's the passion. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Is that, is that passion what really drove yeah. you to, you know, look at the optics firearm game? Like, is that what you could say made you dive into that market? Um, yeah, I mean, it was like a creeping disease. Um, you know, I started with Swarovski because I couldn't get one anywhere. And so I opened up a dealership with them. And actually, my first invoice was to Garrick. <laughs> it's my very first invoice from <laughs> like the optic side of business was to Garrick uh, for a swirl spotter of all things. And, um, and I just, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, like having like running a couple of businesses cause we do the garbage and the groceries, right. The recycling and all that. It just, it just naturally kept growing and I just kept adding and adding and adding. And um, it went from like, you know, like an hour a day. And then, you know, the rest of my time was doing, dealing with all the other stuff because I've done everything in our business, right? I mean, you have to. Like, you know, Kurt, you've come there, I'm fucking cutting meat, you know? I'm right. unplugging the toilet. I'm chasing the <laughs> yeah. shoplifter. I'm like, like, whatever it is, you got to do it, right? But I went from like, yeah, I went from like an oh, hour sure, a day yeah. doing that stuff where my mom was kind of like giving me shit. She's like, oh, you're always on the phone. I'm like, well, that's how you, anyway, it's okay, mom. Don't worry about it. To now... It's that's all I do all day long, and even when I've left there, I'm answering texts and stuff like that. So um, it just keeps growing. But the the best part of it is that um, you know it leads to places like this, and just the people. I mean, I, you know, the like as a business, obviously you want something to be financial rewarding, but it sure helps when you kind of dig it, right? Like the people that you come into contact Definitely, with, yeah. um, whether it's through like um you know the conservation side you know like wild sheep and goat alliance and uh rock mountain goat alliance and things like that um to just like just meeting really cool people and um and then just like the you know the the friendships and acquaintances and you know they're the kind of people that i mean look at you guys doing this podcast right getting that off the ground because you you dig it so much right 
yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's you find something you're passionate about, and like for us, it was kind of didn't find a lot of people were talking about yeah all around mountain hunting in British yeah. Columbia. That's kind of what fired us to get into it. And I know I ran it by you. Like, what did you think if it was a worth doing? And you're like, yeah. dude, I think it's yeah, do it. So we we kind of before it was kind of just yeah. a, a a whim, right? And now we kind of to make it a reality is kind of cool. It's, you know, you got to start somewhere and just like you, you started somewhere and got into something that you loved. And now it's, I don't know. I don't know about you. Like, obviously that's a job, but you know, I see you some days I come in there and you're just like, I can't talk. <laughs> like, okay. So we're good. I got that, that is the worst part anyway, of it. So. Like, honestly, like to complain about it, it's just, uh, you know, we do, it's, it's actually, and Garrick knows this. Garrick has a deeper understanding of, how much volume goes through that, like through the back of a grocery store um, and just the level of stuff that we're doing. But it, it it's pretty intense most of the time. And I'm like, I'm always behind. There's always someone who's text. My phone's going right now. There, there's always someone who's text. I'm, I haven't got back to <laughs> emails. I got to answer, you know, it's all part of it. And, um, and part of the reason why it's grown is because people want that contact and service because they feel for some reason yeah. that I'm not full of shit. Like I'm pretty honest with stuff like to like painfully. So, um, I'll just, you know, I, I tell them what I think. I don't tell them what they need to hear. Um, Garrick and I argue about that sometimes. Yeah. He's like, fuck, you know, don't do that. Or don't, you know, don't do this or fucking tell them. No, I'm like, no, that's why they're here. Well, it's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, people, people like, like for you, everyone that kind of that I know that knows you knows you're a pretty straight shooter, and you're a workaholic, most but you it. love what you do. Most and, of what I do, you know, true. it's having having that kind it's of credibility though. makes a big difference, right? It's funny people though. People want to like, talk about to Derek. I remember when, um, so he's like been with me. You know, he's got a great job. He's got a career. He's a professional. Um, but, um, you know, I got like so many fucking hooks in that guy because he is just addicted to this shit in the worst way. He loves it and he's so good yeah. at it, like his component of it. But I remember one time we were doing a, I mean, he's told you stories of some of the people that we deal with and the resources they have. And it's kind of, sometimes yeah. it's like, damn, like they're coming here, bringing their stuff to us, you know? <laughs> Um, like these are people who are like very wealthy. They could bring their stuff anywhere they want, you know, and they choose, choose us. And I remember, uh, the one time he came in and he was more quiet than normal. And he, he sat down on the chair and I turned and he's just like, I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, I'm more stressed out about this job than I am my fucking job. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm more stressed out about this reload job than my work and he's got a he's got a pretty important job right and i was just like yeah he's like well because i care about this <laughs> i'm like well fuck i kind of care about your job maybe otherwise people die a clue too and shit like that but you know but it's it's true though like it's stressful because yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's the volume aspect but there's also the give a shit aspect right so you yeah, yeah, that and just making sure stuff works. And, but um, yeah, I think, uh, 
we've mentioned, I wish let our listeners know, I guess, who Garrick actually is. We've mentioned his name probably a dozen times now, and it's okay if he doesn't like it, but Garrick's Kirk's <laughs> brother-in-law, my cousin-in-law, and he works like part-time slash full-time for yeah. Homer at Precision Optics. As He's like our ballistician reload specialist product yeah. guy. Yeah. Low guy product, just so people know. We keep alluding yeah. to this Garrick member. Yeah. Ghost, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's who Garrick is, and how why we keep talking about him. So, <laughs> <laughs> big bald-headed fart. <laughs> so we touched on where Vision Optics started, and and why you wanted to get into it, and and your personality and your dedication and passion. It's growing now, and you're gonna have to correct me on some of these stats because I don't actually have them in front of me. But you are the only Stone Glacier dealer in yeah Canada, that's right that yep. and do you have a, like so now where precision optics has got to now so you're the only stone glacier dealer and you carry a range of very high-end firearms for our listeners so what what else is precision optics growing into as far as where you're at um here? so we continue to add more and more brands um you know every year i try to add more brands um and uh we're, we're growing into the soft goods market so yeah we got the exclusive currently for stone glacier which has been really successful it's had its challenges getting product into the country um and you know they've they've had a great year so a couple of years so it's hard you know their stock outs um we're also going to have an exclusive for Kaferu, um which um you know i love sg right but um Kaferu, i've got a really um that that is a, a real passion brand for me, because uh, of the gear and because of um, the people behind it, uh, particularly Aaron. Uh, Aaron's, uh, you know, I met Aaron before he worked at Kaferu, um, actually in connection to that very first goat hunt, and um, he's he's a real stand-up guy, and he's in all he's in this industry for the right reasons. So I'm really excited to offer their products to Canadians in a in a you know, hopefully in a manner that's more uh, expedient. Uh, it's going to be challenging because they have such a diverse array and we're limited in our storage space. But, um, and, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of have a litmus test with certain brands. And it's like, do I hate it? If I fucking hate it, there's no fucking way I'm going to carry it. Okay? Like, I can get over that when I'm educated on the product, like there are some brands that we absolutely don't carry because I have my reasons uh, or they fucking hate me. <laughs> One of the two, right? Um, but um, the other stuff, uh, you know, I'm willing to, to try it out. I didn't carry Weatherby. I, I actively was like, like, think about it. I don't have much love for fucking Weatherby, right? Um, <laughs> neither does Garrick. Right? Yeah. Like every time a Weatherby gun would come in, he's like, oh God, here we go. It's like Ron Jeremy on fucking midget day. <laughs> oh, really? Like today? Do I have to do this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's true, right? Just, you, you know him. You should see him some days. He's like, oh, fuck, there's going to be a fucking search. Oh, yeah. this. Right? So I resisted Weatherby for a long time, and then they came out with the yeah. country. And uh, I was just like, damn, like, this is, mm -hmm. this is cool. And now I'm like, you know, balls deep in their guns. I've got like so many of their backcountries at the store or on order. 
because I believe in them and I love them. Um, Christensen, I've got a lot of Christensen coming in this coming year. Yeah. Fierce, you know, I'm always behind them. Gunworks, I got, you know, the biggest selection of Gunworks outside of the U.S. Um, you know, if a brand speaks to me, then I get really behind it. Uh, if it doesn't, then I, you know, I carry what I, th I feel is needed yeah. and I'm opinionated that way. And so fucking be it. Right. Like if I don't want to carry something, I'm not going to carry it. Um, next yeah. step will be more, more floor space to have like a good selection of like Sitka boots. Um, you know, people need a place that has a good selection of fucking boots because that just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. There's nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Like I had to go to Vernon to get my boots, and like Devin, you got at some good stores down where you're at, down in Nelson. But right? so, around here, there's nothing. That pretty much segues yeah. right into my next question, which was going to be, where do you see it going? So you're kind of already touching on that more floor space, more selection. You're actually going to go into more more clothing and then footwear. Yeah, I mean the next the next step is um, just to expand the storefront to have more more dedicated floor space yeah. where you don't have to walk, go through the mouse maze of the bakery and by the deli and to get to the night force, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's where you get me all the time. Every time I go by there, I got to pick up a pack of cinnamon buns. Like, <laughs> that's going to be good tonight. Right? A little bit. You, you got us all um, figured out. I know how you think, Wilbur. Cookies and cinnamon buns on the way to the gun. <laughs> it's always funny. Like, fuck, you know, it yeah. happens so much. You get a phone call, like, you know, Precision Optics, how are you? Yeah, um, you know, I'm using Google Maps, and I think it sent me to the wrong place. I'm, like, kind of looking out the window. I'm, like, are you in, like, a black Dodge I could see on your phone? Yeah, yeah, just come on in. Like, really? Yeah, come on in. Because they're outside a grocery <laughs> store, right? They're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Where am I? And then they come in, and they're, like, so confused. It's like Alice in Wonderland. They're like, what? Where am I? And then they see the stuff over in the right, and they're like, ah, okay. And they come on over, right? Well, I want to have a totally different experience. Uh. <laughs> I want them to walk in and be Alice in Wonderland, but be like, oh, wow. Like, I want the, to have all the gizmos. So that means, like, yeah. like full... Um, yeah like a full outfitting experience, you know, your boots, your, your outerwear, um, your, your additionals, you know, like whether it's a garment or, you know, something like that. And, and just to completely blow the fuck out of the rest of the yeah. departments. Like, I want you to see more guns like in your eye and sexy guns than like anywhere. Right. Same with optics. And, and then to have the packs, like have all the packs that I believe in arrayed out there for you, sleeping bags. Um, tents are difficult because the tents that I advocate strongly, they're not allowed for resale in Canada, which, you know, Heilberg, right? I mean, they're the best tents out there, but that mm -hmm. would be awkward. But just to offer all of that and have it more organized. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you want to knock that wall out, just give me a shout, and I'll drive a tractor over there and help you out. That's sweet. So I have, uh, since we kind of touched off on precision there, I had a question, and, and Kurt and I agreed we really wanted to hear your answers on it. So since we were talking about gear and, and research, and, and I had a question for you. 
and it's strictly to mountain hunting gear. If you had to pick three pieces of gear that you wouldn't compromise on quality, what would you pick? Number one is boots. Your yeah. boots are your most important piece of gear. Um, that's my opinion, but um, I like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have um, proper fitting, durable boots, forget comfort, but that fit well, so that you can navigate difficult terrain and are durable. You, like you're screwed, uh, and then you'll end up with feet like mine um, a couple of times. Um, I, you know, I've experimented with so many types of boots. You know, I started out with Loa Sheep Hunters, then Canatrax, then uh, a few different types of Scarpas, uh, Mindles, and then I landed on Hanwags. And those Hanwags are, for me, they're perfect. Um, so you got to be willing. There's no way you can, now if you're Garrick, I shouldn't even say this for Christ's sakes. But if you're Garrick and you're practical, you're like, well, are you going to try a different fucking pair of boots, gear? Fuck that. Fucking Gore-Tex, they warranty Mindles no matter what. So he's on his, like, I don't know, fifth or sixth set of Mindles because they warranty them through Gore, yeah. right? And he won't try anything else because of that. So you can be a cheap son of a bitch and find something that kind of works, yeah. or you know you can sort of experiment and find something that's perfect. So it would be really difficult, you know, to get me to try another pair of boots other than Hanwags. Um, yeah, for sure. So that's number one. Really? Number two uh, is your rain gear. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be. This sounds silly. But it's got to be rainproof, okay? Believe it or not, there's a lot of really good rain gear <laughs> that's very expensive that because of membrane technology and what it tries to accomplish, like the whole, so there's impermeable, impregnable, non-membraned um, rain gear like Heli Hansen rubber rain gear. That shit like is absolutely waterproof, but it does not breathe. Whereas modern athletic styles of rain gear they have membranes and what they try to achieve is sort of a one-way passage of um, moisture so that it you know you don't cook inside of it the problem is because of those membranes sometimes it comes back or it you know it gets saturated and so I remember experimenting with some very expensive rain gear and I knelt in some moss and I was like, well, gee whiz, my fucking knees are wet. You know, you're like, what? You stand up, you stuff your hands down. The, you're like, what the fuck is this? Right? And that's, you know, that was my introduction to how membranes work. Uh, I know people that have bought, I'm not going to name it, but it's like super yeah. popular brand. Been on horse hunts. Happened last year, 2019, to a group of my friends. They all got soaking wet because they're not being active. They're sitting on a horse all day. Sorry, they're, they're being active, but it's not like they're moving in and out of whatever. They just sat there and got rained on. And after a while it got saturated and it leaked right through. So it takes a little bit of work to, um, to find that. Uh, it's harder than you think. And then there's the durability side. I bought 
some ultra light rain gear again from a very popular brand and um the weight of it was incredible but it was so fragile i walked through buckbrush and it tore so so it, it takes a while to find that and again after your boots i think that your rain gear is going to save your life if you're wind and waterproof you can you can put up with a lot of shit if you're not like you only you don't have much time there and uh number three would um would have i mean it, this one's tough for me but uh, it's sort of like sleeping bag or tent because i've i've been in situations where i had like sh shitty examples of both for where i was they were excellent pieces of gear but the wrong gear for where i was and i'd have to say that um between the two um a tent you need a you need a, a tent that's not gonna that's gonna hold up to the environment you're in um you can survive with no sleeping bag in a solid tent that is like windproof and is going to hold up but you can have the best sleeping bag in the world if your tent's compromised in really bad weather you're done right so those three pieces yeah i think um in that order um because again i've been in a few scenarios i remember me and johnny we were up on Tottigan when i took him up there and um you know him and i like we're trucking all over the place and the weather rolled in i mean bad bad weather so you know he's a pro so he's like fucking suit up so we you know put our down on like we had good base layer threw our down on threw our fucking rain gear on zipped up like and just laid there like literally just laid there for a couple of hours well you couldn't see it was foggy and it was <laughs> it was pissing buckets and we were dry and we were like relatively warm so you know but if you didn't have good gear so yeah. sorry to let so th this is this has relevance because that very first hunt that Eric and i were on um not that he didn't have good boots but they failed and um yeah yeah he, his really? so there was fucking rams everywhere i mean looking back on it i'm not i'm not joking you can ask him there were fucking rams like over here, over there, like wherever you looked, there was a band of potential rams, and there was a few doozies on there. And um, I can't remember what day it was, but it snowed pretty heavily, and you know, walking, just just walking, the snow slapping against the the laces and the toe of his boots, he got his his feet got soaking wet and cold, and that was it. Next day, we got off the mountain so yeah those, those yeah. three pieces are i i think um you, you can't compromise on them yeah that's actually pretty good kurt and i were trying to guess kind of what we had we had rain gear and boots i think were definitely on our list and a list but the sleep system um actually is i didn't think you'd say that so that's really interesting and, and something that I think Kurt and I have actually got pretty lucky in our mountain hunting experiences. We've been in a couple cold nights. We've been in a little bit of, but we've had some pretty lucky weather in a. Plus, lot you of guys cuddle. Never I know you a, do. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we saved save the weight on two sleeping bags. Just bring one it's over. Like, why do you want a double wide sleeping bag? We've never made one of those. We <laughs> <laughs> like to spread out. <laughs> I myself, I found a good sleeping pad. Made a big difference. I had one of them cheap Mount oh, McKinley yeah. ones. It was like thirty bucks. Weighed nothing, and. My sleeping bag was a cheap bag too, but I froze my bag off. <laughs> yeah. I had every piece of clothes on inside my sleeping bag, and I couldn't get warm. I I had the same sleeping bag the next year, but I got one of those, uh, yeah, those are the best. X beds with a down in them, and yeah. man, I was just toasty. Like it, it changed everything for me. Yeah. Hey, Dad, what about what you? Well, I think I did the same thing. We had some shitty sleeping pads. I really like your X bed. Like I'm rocking the. Uh, hyper or the Thermarest, I can't remember which one, the X Therm or something. It's one of the bigger Thermarests, yeah. but I, I think that that X Ped that Kurt's got, I really like the air pump situation. You always seem to pump up really quick and and easy. So yeah, but boots, I've been doing the boots. Yeah. I think I'm on the same train as Omer. I've been uh, wearing the Hanwags for four or five seasons now, and yeah, I don't have much. Yeah, they're amazing. Full. Like when a yeah. boot works, it's just like anything else. Like it just feels uh, feels right, you know. And I mean, like I said, like I've had such dramatic uh, results with boots. Like I tried uh, the, the Grand Drew Scarpas. Like Kuyu was pushing them for a while. They're not to bag on them or nothing, but I was so excited I wore them. Yep. And I mean, I got fucking pictures. Like they're almost famous now. Like my feet. Looked like they belonged out of some on something that was hanging out of a nest at the end of that. Like, I could have been a fucking stunt double for like a troll in Lord of the Rings with the way my feet looked. They were so fucking horrendous. When people see the pictures, they're like, "Really?" I mean, they were so bad that when we got back to the tent, I let my friend Ed in first because I was in so much pain. Like, they really hurt. He crawled in. And I'm like, just like, fucking do your thing, right? So I climbed into the vestibule, and by then he'd had all this shit off. And he was in his bag, and he's like, you know, starting to get the food going. And I, I took the boots off, and then I like slowly peeled the socks off. And I was just like looking at my feet, and he was like, he's kind of <laughs> laying in his bag, kind of looking into the vestibule. And he's just like fucking, this is his first sheep hunt, by the way. And I put him through the fucking ringer. I took him... Normally, you wouldn't take a first-timer, kind of the, where I took him, right? But, like, he's he's a tough guy. He just froze, and he's looking at my feet. And he's like, what are we going to do? I'm like, what do you mean, what are we going to do? He's like, I mean, how are you going to get out of here? Like, what's going to happen? And I was just like, they looked that bad. You know, they were all wet. Yeah, like, anyway, so that, that's what can happen. But, you know. Baby wipes, <laughs> fucking baby wipes, right? I'm sure you go through lots of baby yeah. wipes, Kurt. Clean everything up. <laughs> oh, yes, must, not for my. You feet, must allocate but... ten pounds for baby wipes. Right? Oh, yeah, I like to take the biggest pack out there. <laughs> Everyone complains about getting bunged up not on you. Like, I'm going to need this effect. quarter section of area over the next five days. Just for myself. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty fucking miserable. There's yeah. shit that can happen out there. But well, having loose bowels is definitely among the worst. 
<laughs> it's yeah, it's not fun, especially when you're all when you're all geared up and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta take my backpack, my rain gear, my down off, <laughs> and then it's cold and wet and rainy or snowy, and you're like, Jesus maybe, Christ, maybe you yes, yeah, the story of my life right there, man. Some sort of depends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they just need uh, the quick zip off, off the back, like the old yeah. school long johns do, and then just let her What's fly. that zipper for? Yeah. <laughs> I know. The gas hole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the gas hole. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> well, one one thing we want to touch on: you are like balls deep in Wild Sheep yeah. Society, and like. I knew I kind of knew about it before, like going to the shows and whatnot. But I've gone twice with you, and seeing where the first time we went to where you are now, like it, it's pretty amazing. You want to touch on that, like kind of yeah. what got you involved in Wild Sheep, and I know you were really pushing. Like, it's good to have a guy like you that's looking looking ahead. I know Ed, like Kyle's another guy, and a lot of those guys are, but like you were talking about getting MLAs involved, and because hunters don't really have much of a, no a political yeah. say, and nothing. And I, you know, I never thought of it much until I went to the sheep show with you, and you were talking about it, and you know, it started making me think. And then Devin obviously came with us the last year, yeah. and we we have a hell of a time every time we go. But you want to. Uh, kind of just talk what got you involved in wild sheep and the direction you would like to see that i mean it's, it's kind of a big subject but i'll you know I'll just kind of lay it out um i was just always impressed when i went to the show just with the caliber of people um didn't matter who they were how old or you know what what they did um you know for for a living or the kind of person they were it's just like the passion I mean, like, you go once and you're kind of hooked going there. So, I mean, there there, there was that element to it. Um, there was the, it made sense from a business perspective. But, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's, a, it's a tough subject to talk about. But something really, like, I turned a corner with it. Like, there's a few elements there, guys. Like, I've, um, you know, I, I got to tie all this together or it won't make sense. But one of the negative things that happened to me when I was a kid hunting was um, I told this story with Kyle and, and Steve at the on the, that last podcast. But it, it honestly, like, it, I still go back to it. I shot a squirrel with my pellet gun. I was, like, 10 years old. We were out at... Um, out, uh, at one of my dad's placer claims out by Barkerville, and I was just being a kid running around, and I, I hit this squirrel, shot him with my pellet gun, and it was just, I hit him poorly, and he ran down the, ra the, the branch right towards me and just stood there for a bit, like, kind of suffering, and then fell. And, like, I'm, I'm, I'm 49 years old, and that was, like, 40 years ago, and I still remember it. And, um, and I love animals. You know... And like hunting to me is there's the harvest part of it, but there's so much more to it. 
like like goat hunting like seeing that goat and doing that was there was a lot of disciplines involved you know there's like the physical side of it being fit to do that and figuring out the gear but there was a whole spiritual side to it that just like it literally changed my life like the whole the alpine hunting the experience of being up there and seeing those animals and understanding how, what it takes for them to survive up there you know that it really touched me deep um and then you know like another important part of it too like when my mom passed away you know i'll, I'll never you know i'll never forget it because i was that was that whole thing was very tough but i remember i was sitting in the office that i'd sh you know literally share that office with my mom for years and garrick he just came creeping up the stairs and he's such a big dude but I, i'll never forget he was so quiet when he came in there and he sat down and i was just like just i'd only been in town a few days and i was just like zoned out and he just goes he's like do you want to come do you want to come hunting and i kind of looked at him and i'm just like what he's like well do you want to come hunting with me and johnny like sheep hunting I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I was just, I don't know if I was rude or whatever. Like, I was just like, what, are you fucking crazy? You know? So then he's like, okay, well, just let me know. He didn't, you know, he didn't give a fuck what I said to him. He's just like, so anyway, long story short, I went on that hunt. That's where he got his first ram. That's where Nathan got an amazing ram. And like, going on that hunt and being in that environment and seeing those animals and just all the time that you have up there to think and process and just like see how amazing that country is it was the best thing i could have done so you know you can't forget these experiences that affect your life and have meaning and it all really came together when uh you know another very tragic it situation when when Dave Marsh passed away on his hunt with um, my good friend Jason Earl and, and Keeley and uh, you know there is like there is like a legitimate brotherhood in our community like there is like you just see it and feel it and um, and it really really popped out you know you know that that whole situation was so tragic and terrible but like you know waylon called me like super early in the morning and told me and like within a few minutes like no shit we had like threaded the needle and organized um t you know a group of guys to go up there and help them and so we whipped up there. They were really far up past Dee's Lake. Okay. And uh, Matt, Jay, and, and Keely, you know, you can imagine what they were going through. And, um, you know, I can, I can see his face plain as day. I'd never met Keely. And they had a train of like nine horses. And they were so weary. They dealt with this unbelievable situation. They hadn't slept for over 20 hours. I think longer than that. And, uh, and they were, 
you know, I just went up to this Keeley guy and he was taking tack off the horse and I was just like, Hey, I'll help you with that. And he just looked at me and he's just like, like, thank you. Didn't know me from anyone. And, and then later he's like, this, you guys are unbelievable. I'm like, well, like, you know, these are friends of ours. Right. And so you just saw, like, it was such a difficult thing, but just like the community, the way the community came together and supported Corey and, um, and their newborn and, and then, um, wild sheep stepped up huge by, um, that very first shoot that was organized and, and Jason Earl was, you know, the principal guy behind it that, you know, they got behind this shoot and, um, to try to, you know, and, and there was like fundraising and things to like advocate to try to help like his now widow and, and, uh, and like and newborn. And I was just kind of like, again, you know, I'm just like, man, like I get, there's just so much positive out of all of this. Like you just can't ignore it. And, and that situation again was just like, you know, there's just way more to this than just like a bunch of guys getting together, getting pissed and bullshitting. Um, so, um, and then the people behind it, they're like such amazing people. They're um, passionate and driven and they get stuff done. And, you know, I can't, praise Kyle enough. Um, he's like, the guy's a Titan and, um, he is just like such a, such a motivated person to get stuff done. And, you know, they've taken that, say that shoot, which was like the Dave Marsh Memorial shoot. And now it's the last sheep camp shoot and it's going to be there forever. And those of us that, you know, knew Dave, like that shoot is, you know, that's like a memorial for him. And, um, so, I mean, that's the spiritual justification, um, for it. And, uh, and, and it is spiritual for me when I, when I'm doing stuff to try to do anything to help wild sheep, you know, um, it just, it feels right. Uh, but then you see results. Like they're, they're getting things done. They're not just, well, let's have a meeting about the next meeting and we'll talk about what we talked about this time. Like I've never sat in, in those meetings. I don't have any position there, but I guarantee they're not like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, and then, so you, you no, can, you can get, I don't think so. No. Uh, and then, you know, there is the, the fun side of it, you know, like the shows are fun. Um, like, you know, like just our booth, we had such a fucking blast there. Like we're, we're getting it done. We're showing people gear. We're also lining shots up on the top of the fucking cabinet and the reps are loving it. You know, it's <laughs> like the, the, the one gentleman, David, he's been yeah. at thousands of shows. Literally he's been in the industry his whole life. He's like, I've never seen anything quite like this, but it's awesome. You know? So it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> And, um, fulfilling when you can, you know, do good work, when you can like help an organization that is, um, uh, like really preserving, um, like an animal that, 
and again, people don't understand this. Like the antis, they don't understand it. You know, they're like, well, you just want to, you just want to preserve those animals so you can kill them. Well, yeah, but there's way more to it than that, right? So, you know, it, it's it's yeah. they're they're easy to get behind, but for me, like my uh, like my doctrine, my theology like it fits perfectly until they kick me out you know um <laughs> oh i don't think that's ever gonna happen <laughs> so, no but no that's good um what you're doing there and your contributions are are pretty pretty impressive and i know a lot of guys that are you know lifetime members and whatnot and they they look look up to you as a what you what you donate the time you put in the people you talk to how you treat everybody there too right you're not there trying to f yeah. sell stuff to people you're there to help people and it's people definitely appreciate it i know i do devin does because you recently just bought some stuff off him too and you know not, not, no one's got not a damn thing bad to say about you, other than maybe you work too much. That's uh, about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, those, those are really nice things to, to hear, you know. But, um, part of my brain has been like, if you fuck this up, right? Like, this is, no, it's true. Like, this is a good thing for not just me, for like many of us, right? Like, the whole, um, like yeah. the association with wild sheep, but also just like the whole, the, the, the fun social element of it. You know, like we, like literally, you know, there, there's, there's a few buddies and they're like, I look forward to this more than anything in the year. Yeah, well, you're looking at them right here. Like last year, I was so pumped <laughs> to go to my second sheep yeah. last year and Kurt sent yeah. me pictures of whiskey bottles and the seats <laughs> getting ready for the weekend and I'm excited to see the boys and, and that whole camaraderie yeah. like then that was going to be my second one like that was only from going once and then obviously covid is what it is and yeah i mean it's and i look forward to whenever we can get together again so it's uh yeah i mean on the like that group of, that particular group of guys um again like everybody there is awesome but that group of guys is like there's such a such an interesting mix of like in this age of like social justice, toxic masculinity, blah blah blah, like they're fucking men. They're dudes that like you can put your back against and you know, swing a fucking broadsword if the barbarians came, you know? Like they're just tough. They're tough, but they got that sensitivity. <laughs> to um conservation and 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 these animals right and it's it's pretty neat to see yeah yeah that's i couldn't really say it any you know, better than crazy. that it's it's pretty it's cool going there seeing oh, yeah. the same faces. but what, what just kind of clicked was yeah. like you know it's interesting kurt because like do you remember we we're sitting there the day the day that yeah it was the day that the convention was supposed to start and you me and gare are having fucking dinner really good dinner actually we ordered extra entrees do you remember that like we ordered uh yeah the pork belly and yeah, yeah. i can't remember the name of that restaurant <laughs> yeah 
but we're just kind of you know it was like it was so weird like it was surreal right like uh, covid was happening like conventions were being canceled your folks had to be quarantined they're like were they in mexico or coming back from mexico and you're like really quarantined for two weeks they were in mexico and yeah, that's I was right. To fly out in two days. Well, yeah, that's right. Mexico. You were, were going to go. Our trip got uh, canceled. Yeah, too. totally. And and I remember like we we're talking like, well, like fuck, let's let's remember this and talk about where we are now. Like we actually we actually said that, and I mean it's kind of a neat moment because <laughs> yeah. like you know it's kind of cool that you guys are doing this now and that we're still able to sort of enjoy. Um. Well, I can't really enjoy the convention, but the whole concept of it, and we're and people are finding ways of doing it. I get my phone just gets lit up all the time about like fuck, I'm so bummed, like no convention. I'm like, well, you know, it's going to be different, but we got to keep that spirit there. So there's going to, you know, yeah. there's going to be a lot of this. There's going to be like Zoom seminars yeah. and and uh, you know, using the resources that are available to try to keep people connected and passionate. And uh, that's kind of kind of interesting. Well, yeah, I think uh, I think like for people to do it online, it's gonna suck a little bit. Oh but God! Just think of the the show, the first oh, yeah. show back once everything's all calmed down and settled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we gotta aim for like twenty. It'll be something else. That's for sure. Two, I guess, um, and see you know where where that goes, but. Like I said, we got to make this coming year good um, to sort of plug it. The rifle raffle this year is going to be fucking unreal. Yeah. Yeah. The raffles are uh, – get out there if you're listening. Like, well, don't get out there because I don't <laughs> want to win. But also want Wild Sheep to be supported and yeah. all that. So get out there and check it out. The raffles are unbelievable for these events. Like, I've bought my tickets for this year's, and, um, man, the prizes are – my father-in-law has never been to a, a Wild Sheep event and he buys tickets yeah. every year now because i just tell him like it's a good cause and like he looks at it and it's amazing prizes like it is some of them are yeah 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 once in a lifetime prizes <laughs> yeah yeah and it's worth your yeah. your hundred bucks to put in or what that's the most expensive one the rest of them are pretty i think it's so pretty cheap and then yeah they get do a good chance work to win something like, like um, that right so. the, the organization is primarily volunteer there's very few paid positions. They're not top heavy when it comes to the monetary drain yeah. on the funds that come in. I mean, that's the thing. These people are donating that much time. It's fucking unreal. Um, so, you know, people need to get behind them. I mean, I get really fired up about it. Um, you know, like I, do you guys have memberships? What do you, you guys, do you, do you have life membership? You do? Okay. I do. Yeah. All right. I don't have a family. We'll work, work on that. Not a life yet. We're working on it. Now they're all harassing constantly. We're getting there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think uh, it's probably <laughs> probably took up as much of your time tonight as you what probably time is it? give us. Oh, six thirty. We've uh, we've. I gotta go back. I got I got shit to yeah. do. You should still be at the office, Omer. Well, I appreciate you it. Coming on and, and <laughs> thank for your time. And um, there's. A million other topics and, and conservation topics and gear and hunting. Oh, we haven't even talked about any of your hunts. So, if you're willing, we'll have you any time that you're willing. So, when you can spare. Yeah, you bet you, boys. And let's wagon. fuel up. Uh, 
yeah. we'll, we'll pump some rum into to Big G there and get him to spout out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I want to. I said to Kurt, I want to hear a this yeah. long range sheep hunt story. Is what I want to hear. Don't don't. No, no, we'll save it. Hey boys. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Omar, for. Uh, I think we're pretty well behaved, really actually. Appreciate it. Uh, Look yeah. forward to having you on again. Yeah. I think so. Next time we'll have to get some booze flowing and loosen up a little bit. Well, good evening to you, boys. <laughs> yeah. Hey, boys. See you later. You betcha. Cheers. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Homer. Take it easy. Sunrise on the sun.